0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Healthy Harrison podcast. I think our 24th week of doing this. I'm Gary Bowden, your host. We're streaming live. Uh, Amy Haberbosch Wilson is with us as guest host, and I'm having trouble right now getting to my notes. But, Amy, welcome. Number one, well, thank you. Welcome back. Let me, yeah, I've been. We've been been, turns uh, different weeks. I've, I've been wandering and I'm uh, getting ready to to wander again but I'm going to kind of jump back and forth between our notes uh and uh, we'll get things underway but good, yeah good to see you and as I mentioned yeah. good to see you in a bright uh, lively environment yeah. today yeah it looks different good.
1: setting today yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah all right our uh, as I mentioned we're streaming live as we do each week on uh the Healthy Harrison Facebook page, as well as on the statewide distribution network of our media partner, WVNews.com. Every week at this time, we chat with individuals who are focused on the same mission as Healthy Harrison, oh which is essentially fostering measurable improvement to the health and well-being of uh, citizens right here in North Central West Virginia. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to uh, Dr. Jimmy Leonette, who's a chiropractor and clinical director of Enliven Wellness in Bridgeport in White Oaks, correct? Yes, director? White Oaks. Yeah, good. Good to have you along. Thank you for having me. And we got, yeah, we've got some interesting stuff to talk to today. I'm having to jump back and forth here to my notes. I can't, for whatever reason, I can't exit full screen, but I'll make it work. Uh, Dr. Leonette uh, is a certified epigenetics health coach Uh, We'll find out what that is, because I don't know. Uh, He's an acupuncturist, a medical examiner, and is a board-eligible candidate in clinical nutrition. Why don't you start? I'm going to jump right into the questioning, but I'm going to start with epigenetics. Uh, I mentioned today that there's a lot of topics where I'm first going to have to ask you, what is that? So let's start with epigenetics. So uh, epigenetics
2: is when you have your hardwiring, you have your DNA, which is your genetics, and that's just basically instructions it's like having a manual to how to build a car but it's not um but actually having the workers in there having the right equipment and the tools so creating the right environment allows you to decipher that manual and make the most out of it so it it tells you whether you're going to build a ferrari or a porsche Mm -hmm. or a little uh yugo and so it's just genetic epigenetics are utilizing the instructions and using uh with the environment that you've created
0: As we kind of get into the body of this, then uh, I know we have several people, many people uh, that are part of Healthy Harrison programs that have been conducted uh, over the past year or so who've undergone fit 3D body composition scans at your business at Enliven Wellness. Uh, Can you explain what that is?
2: Yeah, Uh, you had mentioned earlier you know, we look for measurable improvements in health, and that's part of the mission. And biometrics are a great way, it is the way to measure those improvements in health. Uh, Fit3D is, it's a great piece of equipment, and it allows us to track body composition and uh, beyond just weight. So we can actually look at fat content, soft, uh, you know, soft tissue and muscle and water. So they basically look at it as a comparison between how much fat's on your system and how much lean tissue is on your system. And uh, in relations to the measurements that we have around the neck, the, you know, the bicep, the thighs, the waist. So between it's a big body composition scanner. So we can do um, a lot of anthropomorphic measurements or body measurements on you and use that as your marker for when you start. And we can use it for your marker of success at the
0: end. If someone wants to improve their health and level of fitness, uh, what's the, the full significance of body composition then? What what can we learn from the initial scan? And then my understanding is that typically there would be follow-up scans. Well,
2: that's, that's, a, that's a great question. Because in order to see improvement, you have to know where you're starting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And a lot of people don't even know where they are. Um, mm-hmm. Half the people that walk into my clinic for you know care don't even know what they weigh. Um, They don't have an idea what their heart rate is uh, most of the time. And so you know with this the Sit 3D we can go in and get baseline measurements. So from having knowing what somebody's body fat percentage is, you know 30 is kind of the cutoff between good and healthy and being overweight, Um, and it's not too far off from there from being obese. So we want to know where somebody is so we know how much you can push them what kind of diet you need to go um, and how much exercise they can safely uh, utilize without, you know, disrupting joints. Um, Actually, one of the best things that we get with that fit 3d is the basal metabolic rate. So instead of guessing how many calories somebody needs to eat in a day, based off of their body measurements, we basically know exactly what they burn in a day before
0: exercise.
1: So what is, I mean, can you explain a little bit more, I guess, maybe dive into the weeds a little bit more on the, the, the an actual individual's biometrics and what does that mean to us? And then how do you use that to, to build an individual plan for each of them?
2: So you still so want to talk about from like the body composition side.
1: I think so. Yeah. Just okay. to get a better understanding.
2: So we get somebody that's, um, say five foot six, 200 pounds. Um, and so we would look at that and they're probably going to be right around 33% body fat. And so, you know, for a uh, normal, healthy individual, that's a little high. And so we might say, okay, you're, you know, you're five, six, 200 pounds, your basal metabolic rate is 1800 calories per day. So we're gonna wanna go and figure out what kind of time frame we wanna make the body change over. So let's say to do it safely, we'll say uh, three months, we wanna lose 10 pounds. We can kind of work backwards uh, to do the calculation. So everybody kind of needs a little bit of coaching to figure out exactly what metrics they need to go with. But let's just say, that, you know, we want to lose 10 pounds in three months. So we take that 1800 calories, we subtract off the total number of calories we need to lose, and then um, come up with a number. And off the top of my head, I don't have that. But it would probably be something like eating 1650 calories a day, and then still adding in a burn rate of about 200 calories a day. And we'll get to that goal on time. So with that measurement, then we can have them follow up in two weeks, and instead of being on a scale and saying, oh, we just lost a lot of water weight, you know, in case somebody is not eating a lot of salt or trying to game the system a little bit, um, we can actually put them back up there and be like, oh, you lost four pounds of fat, but you also lost two pounds of muscle. So we're gonna need to adjust the calories and the exercise techniques a little bit to make sure that we keep the lean mass on, but we're losing the fat instead. So that's the value of, of regular um, scans so we can make course corrections in very quick time so we're losing primarily fat and not losing muscle
0: or, or, let me jump in real quick here while you're on we're, we're on that are are there many people that get that invested in the science and in approaching fitness and weight loss in I was that fashion?
1: something similar because i'm curious too should we all know what ours what it is?
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because that that for the most part tells you, okay, am I in, in normal weight? Because BMI, you know, BMI is a normal calculator that goes over population. It's not meant for an individual, but an individual should know what their body fat's going to be, or what how much lean muscle they're carrying, right? Because um, we could have the same person that's five foot six, two hundred pounds, and you know, five percent body fat. They're going to be walking around ripped at the gym. But the same thing if it's a you know a sixty five year old lady. It, probably not going to be as athletically fit as uh maybe somebody else um yeah everybody should probably know that so you know what you should eat um how many calories you should roughly take in a day um i don't i know i don't promote being neurotic about you know counting calories all the time but right. somebody should know what it, what they're eating in a day and roughly like once or twice a month kind of do a calorie count and just you know recalibrate where you are
1: so um also read about the heart rate variability, the, what is it, the HRV, and it has a big impact on the individual health. Um, Can you explain some of that? I mean, it's almost like a different language to some of us.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you know, a lot of this is, it is deep science, but, you know, what we're looking at with HRV is actually a, it's a simplistic measure. It's a measure of how much stress your body is under, and you can actually, I mean, you can measure that. In fact, I you know I wear uh, a Garmin watch and it has a measure that says stress on it. Oh. It's a little bit different calculation, but it includes HRV. But HRV, it's a balance of you have, besides your nervous system where you can think and then ones where you can move your hands, we also have the branch that innervates all the organs. So you have your sympathetic, which ramps you up most of the time, and you have your parasympathetic, which calms your system down. And so... The balance of those two branches of your nervous system are critical in long-term health. We don't want to be in fight or flight all the time. So if somebody's working and is in high stress, um, but it's like chronic high stress, that's not good. We were built for periods of peaks of stress and then to calm down. So if you think of it this way, you know, the way we were designed was to go look and see that there's a whitetail running over there. Go grab her spear ramp up her heart open up her lungs go run it down chuck the spear at it and then drag it back to camp and then after that that's your that was your one to two hours of complete excitement and then the other 22 hours you're just sitting around you know prepping the deer and eating and resting uh, so if that, explain it <laughs> so the hrv and a lot of people that have the chronic stress we would see this very low heart rate variability score meaning your heart rate shouldn't be a set metronome. It shouldn't be like on cue every time. Because if you breathe in, blood vessels need to change. If you bend over and touch your toes, well, we have to change the pressure in the head so you don't pass out. If you're laying down to going to standing up, you're gonna need to constrict the blood vessels so that we keep blood pumping up to your brain so you don't pass out on the floor. Uh, so with the HRV test, that's this one of those things where we have somebody lay down, we have somebody stand up, we have them hold their breath, very basic movements but we're looking for minute changes in that rate that your heart beats and that gives us a very good clue into how healthy somebody is so they may look healthy on the outside but the reality is their inside their their nervous system controlling their organs may be shocked
0: we're uh, we're talking with Dr. Jimmy Leonette of Enliven Wellness in uh, in Bridgeport and kind of uh, digging into the some of the science of health and fitness today. Uh, before I go to my next question, I want to remind our, our viewers that this podcast is brought to you by WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. Without their help, we couldn't produce this podcast each week. Let's we're kind of jumping here, but uh, doctor, let, let's turn to to sleep, and, and and yeah, let's turn to sleep and hopefully not toss and turn. Uh, I, I think most of us are familiar with the concept that poor sleep habits can lead to poor health outcomes. Uh, but what's the fix for someone that maybe is aware that their sleeping is is not uh, is not what it should be? Uh, someone struggling with that
2: yeah the the first thing you can do is just measure it get a good two to three weeks of just solid measurement with a an iWatch or you know again i use the Garmin there's there's all kinds of different wearable technology that you can wear and with that you look at how much does somebody move we look at their um, pulse rate at night we look at the um Based off the movement and and that pulse rate, the computer can usually calculate how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep, and how much light sleep. And there's a magic ratio to waking up and feeling rested. On top of that, you also have the quantity of sleep. Does somebody need seven hours or eight hours? Uh, And a lot of people are chronically uh, tired. And in fact, two hours of sleep deprivation is equivalent to having two beers in your system. Mm. So, you think of that, how many people are running down the interstate, you know, driving down the interstate at 80 miles an hour,
0: yeah, that's basically scary.
2: like they're intoxicated. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit scary. So, sleep yeah. is, is critical to all your brain functions so that you can focus. And, in fact, you know, if you don't sleep, you don't heal, your body can't heal. And so, you know, I see a lot of very sick people because, you know, when you dig into it, they don't have the ability to heal which is they're sleeping six hours a night or they're sleeping uh, five hours a night.
0: Yeah, And and I should mention that Healthy Harrison is getting ready to uh, collaborate with uh, WVU Medicine on a sleep study involving uh, volunteers from the Harrison County area. And we're gonna uh, get them involved in a program where a lot of folks will have some of those uh, measures um, uh, looked at, and then information given back to us uh, to, uh, uh, to kind of give us a better feel for what, whether our sleep is a healthy sleep or, or, or whether, in fact, we need some assistance from another uh, source, but that should be sometime here in the near, near future. I, I run into people, doctor, all the time who insist that they need only three or four hours of sleep a night. Uh, are, are they kidding themselves when it comes to proper health? 100%. Okay, nobody can run off of that amount of time. Okay. Your, your your
2: brain can't even doesn't have time to clean itself out. That's the biggest function of sleep is allowing your brain cells to get rid of their toxins. And, uh, you know, I, we talked about some of the epigenetics. And I do a lot of wellness type of genetic studies on people. And that tells us do they need a shorter it was like the clock gene? Do do they need a shorter sleep cycle, which is Roughly seven hours, or do they need a longer sleep cycle, which is roughly eight and a half? So we can dig right into the genetics with what somebody would actually need in their sleep to build them the optimal program. Well,
1: that might be a nice transition then because I love how you're explaining everything. This is so fascinating. So can you explain to us the genomic studies, kind of what that is, and yes. in our terms, so we can understand it.
2: <laughs> so with the 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 genomic study. Um, Basically, how it's done is is you you get a kit, you swab the inside of your cheek, you seal it up, send it off to the lab, and the lab sends me the raw data. Uh, From that, I generate these reports, and there's usually six major areas we look at. There's there's others available, but we normally look at nutrition, supplementation, athletic performance, sleep, uh, environmental detox, and um, autoimmune disorders. Uh, we purposely do not look at disease states because based off of once somebody is aware that they have a genetic propensity for a disease state, then they're like, I think it's like 48% more likely to express it.
1: Sure.
2: So we don't look at a lot of the, you know, the bracket genes and things like that. We're looking at ways to optimize health. And so if you want to dig in a little bit on like the, uh, Say the nutrition because that's always the we spend ma- vast majority of the time because you can actually make the most amount of epigenetic changes with diet. Um, we would actually know if somebody's going to benefit more out of uh, omega three or omega sixes. So what that means is, are you better off eating olive oil? Or are you better off eating butter? We would know, um, in fact, like a uh, saturated fat. A lot of people think, oh, I shouldn't be eating a lot of saturated fat and red meat. When in reality, that's all based off the the uh, the ppar gamma. Um, somebody may have genetic privilege and can get and can get up to ten percent of their calories per day in saturated fat, and actually have that as a benefit. Um, so there's there's all kinds of these hidden gems on actually the way to build your diet specifically um, with you know with what your hardwiring is.
1: So I'm guessing I can't walk into my doctor's office and just ask for a genomic study. So how would I? What do I do if I want to examine my own health on a more scientific level? I guess.
2: Yeah, we use. uh, I'm I'm a trained coach with the Apiron Genomics uh, program, and I can share that link with you. I I really have embraced that because it's again, it's it's more of a wellness side. You know, most. You know, especially in our area, a lot of times, um, a lot of doctors' offices are both based on looking at. For sick care, right? Yeah. It's yeah. it's kind of hard, you know. I, I do both. Like we have some sick patients that don't well, and then we have the optimization. So really you need to find somebody that can that can coach you in on the the wellness side of things. Um, but that you know, the appearance is, is a great place to start jumping off to like look at the, the reports and see if it's right for what you you'd want.
0: Amy, you need to to, to get a test done to see if your gene advantaged. Is that the term you use, doctor? Um,
2: Yeah, in some ways with that, especially with the uh, the saturated fat. Yeah, exactly. Genetic privilege.
0: Genetic privilege. That's it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I I caught that. I like that. And we need to find out if we're genetic privileged. It could change our lives. (laughs) Burger King, here we come. Oh no, sense? no, we still gotta, gotta
1: watch. <laughs> well, because you hear these stories, you hear, you know, someone he was very healthy, he ran, he was great, he was mowing the grass and he passed out, or he had a heart attack, or something like that. And you just, you know, we see them visually as being healthy, and they feel probably and look like they're healthy, but these underlying issues that a lot of us are have no clue.
2: Yeah, and there's there's tests that aren't routinely run by your, you know, your your physician, your annual review. Uh, Boston Heart Labs has this wonderful cardiac assessment. It's a cholesterol assessment. Um, it's, it, if, if you were to through LabCorp, it's called an NMR, but there's, there's different forms of it. So we can with that, we can look at omega-3 and omega-6 in the blood. But if we talk about HDL and LDL, um, we can actually fractionate those out because it's not so much of HDL being great and LDL being a bad cholesterol. It's really, it's about their size. So if they're big and fluffy, uh, cholesterol molecules, they'll kind of bounce down the capillaries and the arteries and keep going. But if they're small and sticky, like a piece of gum, so just act, you know, picture yourself being at a school, um, a hallway at a school with all the lockers on the side, right? We got a big, big, soft um, kickball. We can kick that down the hallway and it'll keep going. But you get a kid with a, you know, a wad of gum, and you throw it, and you stick it to the wall. It's just going to stick to the wall. Yeah. And so there's studies that you can actually look to see what are, what is your body making based off of what you're eating and how, you, how you're living your life. Are you, you building the things that are causing plaqueing or are you building nice, healthy cholesterol molecules that have really good benefit with sex hormones and uh, protecting your nervous system?
0: We're talking with Dr. Jimmy Leonette of Enliven Wellness in Bridgeport. Uh, Our podcast is brought to you by WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, West Virginia University, The State Journal, West Virginia News, or WVNews.com, and Interaction uh, Media. We talked a little bit about how genes might actually uh, determine what our carb intake should be. Um, We've also heard about a keto keto diet and, and how it blends in this and and, and how it might help long-term, yet I've also uh, seen or read information that the keto keto diet could be dangerous for some people. How do you determine what's the right path?
2: So with that, I mean, for a lot of people that need to do an initial weight loss, the ketogenic style of eating is usually beneficial, but there are genes that tell you whether or not that's valuable long-term. Uh, the PLI in one gene is is a good example of that. So with that, we would know, okay, somebody who can actually have abdominal fat loss with higher carbohydrate intake, meaning between 100 and 150 grams, where if you're in ketogenic diet, you may be at 25. But you put somebody that needs those higher carbohydrates, well, you know, that actually helps to make cholesterol. Cholesterol is a very important thing, as we just mentioned about making sex hormones, hormones, and um, kind of the the packing around your nerves to make sure you don't have any neurologic disorders. So you don't want to willy nilly have everybody go to see the ketogenic diet, because you're going to have a lot of people crash and get sick. Mm. And, uh, And that goes even beyond like what some people call like the keto flu, where they run out of magnesium. So there's studies like that, that will tell you, would it be beneficial? Yes or no. And approximately how many carbs you would need to eat per day mixed in with some of the
0: other measurements that you would have. For somebody that's totally perplexed about what diet and how to start, what would your advice be to them?
2: Start simple. Uh, you know, I just took a trip to, to Italy and I've traveled a, a good bit and I've always loved going to the Mediterranean, but act like you're in Italy, meaning you eat vegetables, you eat clean a little bit of protein and it's mostly what they eat over there they eat a little bit of red meat they definitely eat a good bit of fish some eggs and a little bit of yogurt um, and olive oil a good amount of olive oil because when we look at the ratio of olive oil, uh, it's a it's a perfect blend of uh, fats that your body needs to run on now Again, not olive oils are, are made equally and there's certain ones that you'd want to get, usually the organic ones, ones that have a seal of purity on them. Uh, but it's, it really shouldn't be too complicated. It's primarily vegetables, a little bit of protein, and um, a little bit a little bit of carbs, but not too much to start with.
1: Do you have advice for those who are already you have a regular exercise habit, but you want to, I guess enhance it or step it up a little bit?
2: Everybody needs to find, you know, what they uh, benefit from. I always, always, always start everybody with walking and running. We were designed to move in a linear way, and in fact, you know, that goes beyond body composition. Like that does have a major impact on what's called VO2 max or your ability of your cells to utilize oxygen and take your fuel and turning into muscle. Um, but also walking and long distance running are the only things that are proven to grow neurons. So if you wanna be smarter, go for a run. And I know a lot of people you know, may not, you can't just start out and you know run for 10 miles, but you can walk. I know most, almost everybody can walk for at least a mile with some effort or at least a half mile and just gain as you go stronger. Uh, even if you, you're uh, you know in the gym a lot, I don't see a, uh, several of these people get scared away from doing some endurance running or longer running and um it's it's quite a change but it's also a very very beneficial in multiple ways beyond um uh just being able to gain some more distance
1: healthy Some goals just it's it's baby steps baby steps steps. yep just a little bit at a time start out with something be active go ahead Gary
0: uh, that's, I was going to mention that, that we preach all the time, baby steps, you know, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> yeah, that type of thing. Um, what, uh, we, uh, we didn't get into, uh, we've covered a lot of, of ground. We, we haven't talked about fiber. How do you determine how much fiber you should have in your diet every day?
2: That's, that's very important. That kind of goes in with the carbohydrates. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about eating carbohydrates, we're not talking about eating sugars. We're talking about eating complex carbohydrates. Uh, there, is, there is another gene, there's a UCP1 gene that tells you, do you need a high fiber diet or do you need a low fiber diet? So we might be able to look at that with the risk of, uh, you know, uh, colorectal cancer. But, you know, we're looking at this from a healthy standpoint, you know, making sure that everything stays healthy. But if you use that information, we can actually prevent some of our longer term disease states by making sure that the bowel functions the way it needs to. We can reduce toxicity because we're eating the right foods. Mm-hmm that are needed. And again, it's, it's a part of that genomic studies are a great way to see that um, trial and error. And, and you know, if you have a question, more than likely, you need more fiber in your diet. Almost everybody needs more fiber in their diet.
1: Well, to loop it back around, now that we have all of this, um, where do we go now? And where do we go to get these, you know, the studies and the find out where we rank?
2: Those, yeah, the studies are um, a great way to go. Um, you can reach out to me. I think you guys will get my, my email address there and I can point you in the direction um, of where to get the study. Uh, it's uh, a peer on ZOE, but there's also a link on my website. where are just says store. And then I have information on the genomics uh, studies there. And then I have the link if somebody wants to you know pursue with the kit. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those, it's uh, if you're going to do it, you know, contact me and I'll, I'm happy to kind of talk you through the process so we can fine tune what somebody needs, you know, not everybody needs to know environmental detoxification ability, uh, but, you know, almost everybody needs to know what the nutrition and their supplementation needs are.
0: are. Are there ways for you to help people who have pretty strong nutrition, fitness habits that exercise regularly? Do you have means of enhancing their performance do people come to you for that absolutely that's
2: that's the health optimization um i'm a strong believer that everybody needs a coach even you know i have i have two coaches that i work with regularly at this point um so everybody needs to be coached especially on their health um even even if it's it's somebody they just give you a different perspective or can give you an objective look at yourself. You know, if, if you're using biometrics and you're looking at the data day in and day out, and you're looking at your health and your diet and you may be in peak shape, but where are you going? What's your next goal? Uh, what steps did you lay out? Do you have somebody over your shoulder to make sure that you laid it out? You know, some of that could be from a, a buddy standpoint, but, you know, I'm, I've always been a big firm believer that you need a coach to help guide you, even if you're at peak state, you know, look, Tiger Woods always had a coach, you know, mm-hmm. every professional athlete at the top level who was even coaching other people still had a coach yeah, So you see
1: this as a, a the age range um yeah you know, of course we're talking athletes we're talking just the typical you know 20 to, to 60 but it, is this something that you do with the younger children you recommend that not needed oh
2: yeah um do that with the, the some of the kids I, I haven't run a lot of genetic reports on kids uh because for the most part usually their parents have been in and it's usually the mom and dad have been in and we've we've seen that so it's not too hard to kind of guess what That's the idea. kids gonna need uh versus having to run an extra an extra study on the kid because once we get you know mom and dad or at least one of them on, on the diet we have we've improved the shots for that kid uh, pretty significantly so it, it's um and we've worked i've worked from you know from the little guys all the way up to, you know, people working to go into special forces in the military, um, you know, that are peak athletes, but just need to get a little bit faster and all the way up, you know, all the way up. I mean, you know, between patients and clients, I think my oldest one here was 105 years old. So
0: wow,
2: yeah, we, we work on the full, the full age range.
0: Well, I, I totally agree with you on the, the coaching. I think so many people overlook how beneficial that could be to them uh, and, and, and sometimes maybe just a partner. Uh, I think a coach is great, a partner as you embark on a new campaign of nutrition or fitness or whatever it might be, um, helps you stay motivated, I, I mean, do you agree? Oh, I, I agree 100%, I
2: had a, I have a goal um, and I've, I've always been more of a weightlifter. So for me to talk, you know, switching over to running, was it was a big deal. And my goal was to do a 50K. Um, so I've, I've had a, not my goal. Yeah. So I've had a plan, you know, I've had a plan in place and, uh, you know, unfortunately I did have some injuries earlier this year. Um, and since then, you know, it was one of those, I, I talked to my coach. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm 212 pounds. You know, I can, I can deadlift double that. Uh-huh. I said, but you know, I need to lose weight. Cause I want to do this, you know, 31 miler. So we put a, we put a plan in place. Okay. You know, lose 18 pounds so that it's less wear and tear on the, the joints and then i have a buddy um who's, who's going to do this with me and you know we, we, we had to kind of change our training we looked at our watches and and you know our data and changed our training so we were doing more uh, intensive stuff and he messaged me last night he goes we're doing 20 miles tomorrow and so, so because you know with his stuff he needs he needs that longer duration and i need more of the you know the high input anaerobic type stuff but you know, having a buddy to keep me accountable and say, this is what we're doing, I- I'm game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It,
1: it, very true. We learned that through, or we heard that all through our communities through the Healthy Hair, system. some buddy system, huge,
0: support system, yeah. huge. Yeah, that's great. Well, we are uh, up on time, out of time. Uh, boy, we thank you. We covered a lot of ground, but uh, uh, Dr. James, uh, Jimmy Leonette, we uh, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Leonette is with Enliven. Uh, wellness in Bridgeport. I'm sure you probably have a website, a website correct? Yeah, it's enlivenwv.com. Yeah, okay. And uh, and I think typically we try to uh, put some information on our uh, website and or Facebook page uh, that would help people follow up if they have other in questions. Um, thank you, doctor, for joining us today. It was uh, educational. That was good stuff. Very much
1: so. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And Enjoyed it. Uh, And we thank you all for joining us today for the Healthy Harrison podcast. It's our goal to change your state of mind and ultimately change the state of health here and throughout West Virginia. If you want more help right now, visit healthyharrison.org or visit the Healthy Harrison Facebook page and give us a like. You'll find lots of support and you can stream past episodes of our podcasts on the Facebook page. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors. WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, uh, West Virginia University, The State Journal, wvnews.com, and Interaction Media. On behalf of Healthy Harrison, Amy Hayervosh wilson and myself, we thank you for joining us today. Hey, next Friday, our guest will be Mandy Curry. Mandy is from uh, Bridgeport, I I believe uh, she went to Bridgeport High School, WVU, but she is the co-founder of Healthy Kids Inc. and Business Uplifted. I looked her up. She's involved in a lot of things, but uh, real, real quickly, two years ago, she began working on a project to create central kitchens throughout West Virginia to prepare chef-led from scratch healthy foods for children in child care centers. So we'll cover a lot of new territory with Mandy uh, next week. But again, hey, thanks to Dr. Leonette, we appreciate it. Thanks to everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next week.